0: As we're talking about the start of the high school football season, three weeks from tomorrow, Jeff Kimmerle from the Michigan High School Athletic Association is standing by on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. Welcome back, my friend. How are you? Doing good. Uh, yeah, hard to believe Word uh, this year just go. Uh, all of a sudden, we're three weeks out on high school football. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs>
1: you know, you remember when you used to feel like there was a summer and when you really think about it now there's about six weeks in there when, when we don't have a lot going on but um, you know we have a lot of fun with what we do too so that's okay it's, it's every year a new year start every time a new school year starts it's a whole new group of people coming into what we do um, and, and that brings a lot of excitement to it.
0: Uh, Jeff, uh, let's talk about uh, some of the divisions uh, in the state of Michigan and teams to watch this year uh, statewide. I know you and your crew do it, a great job uh, with the media, with the information, with everything at MHSA.com and also on your social networks. Uh, what about top division, uh, D1? Who are some of the teams to watch statewide? You know, it's interesting because I just said every year we start a new year and we have a whole new group of people, but we have a ton of
1: individual stars uh, coming back in Division One that people will recognize. Obviously, it starts with Belleville, reigning champion, Bryce Underwood. Everybody knows who he is, the quarterback who's going to go pretty much probably wherever he wants to um, when all of a sudden done. They have another kid, Dave Jeremiah Beasley, who's very, very good. I think they have to be the favorite, but Cast Tech has somebody named Corey Sadler. Um, you know, the people that follow football quite a bit, they know who he is. Uh, He's expected to take on an even bigger role as a sophomore this year. Uh, CJ Carr is the quarterback at Saline. He's well-known. Rochester Adams uh, has a guy named Brady Priestcorn, who's pretty well-known. Southfield had a quarterback named Isaiah Marshall, uh, who's back, who I I don't even know how many touchdowns he ended up with last year, but it was a ridiculous number. And then over on your side of things, Rockford has Ryan Ahern back, and he's a pretty well-known guy, too. So. Take all those. You throw a Rochester, or you throw a Parkston in there. You throw a West Bloomfield in there with a bunch of potential D one guys on defense. Um, after Belleville, there's probably seven or eight teams that that could make a push. Uh, obviously, they're very focused in that Detroit area, and only only one or two will come out of there. Uh, but I, I think that's where people will be pointing their eyes for the most part when they're thinking about Division one this season.
0: Uh, Jeff Kimberly for the Michigan High School Athletic Association media team joining us from Lansing here on the huge show across Michigan talking uh, some high school football three weeks from tomorrow night it kicks off full weekend Thursday Friday and Saturday with games all across the state complete schedule go to mhsaa.com so uh, division two uh, there's another uh, load of division I, I think top to bottom as we go through this. Let's talk about uh, some of the teams to watch in Division II high school football in Michigan in 2023.
1: You know, Warren De La Salle is the reigning champion there, uh, has been in the mix uh, with Dan Roan uh, since he came there uh, after obviously previously being at West Catholic over on the west side uh, of the state. Uh, They graduated quite a bit, but they always have guys and they're expected to be in the conversation again. Caledonia was a Division One runner-up last year, uh, and they're in Division Two this season. Uh, they have Brock Townsend, who was their biggest playmaker last year, uh, arguably. Uh, he'll be back uh, among a, a couple of other uh, experienced groups uh, on that team, and so they should be very good. Muskegon interests me quite a bit. Uh, they were the Division 3 runner-up last year. They're in Division Two this year. Uh, they have Makai Guy back at quarterback. Um, And another guy named Jacob Price. They actually have a lot of their offense back. Uh, Almost all of their playmakers, the the two Piggy brothers, who are very, very good. Uh, So I think they they can make things interesting as well. De La Salle is the team everybody's going to watch, but uh, there's some west side power there that
0: people can't miss. I agree. It's interesting to watch by divisions. Uh, The back and forth from east side uh, to west side. Uh, Division three, again, I I keep going and we're going to go through them all, but all of these divisions are loaded this year in Michigan high school football.
1: Division three is another one where I've got seven or eight teams down as being the ones to watch even going into the season. Forest Hill Central was the Division two runner up last year. They're in Division three this season. They have a ton back. Uh, Ty Hudkins was a big player for them last year. He's one of the ones that's returning. Uh, so I think that'll be interesting. Again, crossing, you know, crossing over to the the east side, um, Martin Luther King is the reign champ. They're always in the mix. Obviously, they graduated a ton from last year uh, and, and will have a new quarterback for the first time in, in four years or five years, I guess. Their previous quarterback started all four, but uh, they're always in the mix. Uh, and River Rouge is supposed to be in that mix also that we can actually talk about the middle of the state a little bit with division three, because uh, Mason made the semifinals last year. Uh, they returned everybody. They have a junior quarterback game case in cars. Well, very good. Uh, Parma Western. I've read a lot of good things about uh, and Mount Pleasant actually, um, you know, very quietly. They're always in the conversation. Uh, and this is supposed to be one of those special years again. And I think the Their best playmakers last year really were sophomores. So they have a very impressive junior class, and and I think we'll be keeping an eye on them also.
0: Jeff Kimberly from the Michigan High School Athletic Association media team joining us here on the huge show across Michigan on a... Wednesday preview of the upcoming season that begins three weeks from tomorrow. I mentioned all the schedules. Uh, You can watch a lot of the games uh, on demand, mhsaa.tv, mhsaa.com, and follow MHSAA on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, Division IV, I I know it seems repetitive, but it's true, another loaded division going into high school football in 2023.
1: Sure. Uh, Grand Rapids South Christian's the reign champion there. Uh, graduated quite a bit, uh, especially on offense. However, uh, again, one of those programs that perennially has players uh, expecting to bring uh, some people back. They'll be in the mix. Goodrich is a runner-up last year. They're expected to be in the conversation as well. Uh, Chelsea is always there. They were the Division Four champion, uh, I believe it was now two years ago, two or three years ago. Um, Big things are expected there. Portland is up to Division 4 now. They had kind a of glide between Division 4 and Division 5. Uh, they're a contender, and I think Hazlitt is somebody to watch out for a little bit uh, as well. They have a player named Nakai Amakri. There actually are two brothers uh, in the Amakri family on that varsity. Uh, Nakai returned, I think, a kick and a punt for touchdowns against DeWitt uh, in the season opener last year, and they gave DeWitt a pretty good scare. Uh, They're in Division 4 this year for the first time, I believe. Uh, And I think that could be an an interesting situation, uh, especially coming out of playing mostly bigger opponents throughout the regular season.
0: Uh, Division 5, we just had Landon Grove, the Grand Rapids West Catholic head coach, uh, on the show here at the Power Strength Training Systems. New facility on playing field on the north side of GR. They won Division 6 last year. They move up to Division 5. He graduated from Gladwin and the Flying G's, uh, won a state title, knocking off Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Grand Rapids Catholic Central's offense is loaded. D5 uh, has a west side and east side flavor to it.
1: Yeah, I think pretty much everyone can already forecast that uh, whenever Catholic Central and West Catholic meet up in the playoffs, that's going to be an important game. Uh, obviously, West Catholic graduated. You know some some very talented players. Uh, Timmy Klaska was one of the names to remember from last year's finals. Uh, the West Catholic power back. Um, but Catholic Central has a ton coming back. They made the semis. Uh, th- those two. That that's going to be a special game whenever it does take place. Um, you know during during the tournament. Gladwin graduated a ton. Um, they they had so many good seniors last year, and, and obviously that paid off. Uh, they do have uh, a couple of their their better offensive guys coming back. Uh, Frank was kind of in the same boat. Uh, has I think they're two of their top three running backs coming back, so they'll be in that conversation as they've been the last couple of years. Uh, and of course, Marine City is another school that's always in that mix, and, and so we'll keep an eye out there too.
0: Jeff Kimberly from the Michigan High School Athletic Association's media team joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee Guest Line here on the HUGE show across Michigan, talking some high school football, man, three weeks from tomorrow night. So uh, D6, uh, how does that division look statewide?
1: You know, this is maybe the toughest one to forecast, I think, in part because West Catholic is up in the D5, as we just discussed. Uh, we also get some UP power mixed in which is always fun, you know, to to get those schools kind of into the conversation as well. So Nagani was the rudder up last year, Uh, and and this is a program that wins double-digit games, you know, every year or or just about. So I think that might be the best team in the U.P. again, just, you know, real early here, obviously. Um, Warren Michigan Collegiate is a program that has had a lot of success the last couple of years. Uh, was Division 6 runner-up, I believe, two years ago. Uh, that is a, a team that I expect to be in the mix again. And then I, one of these years, Reed City is going to break through. Um, there are a few programs in the state that have had more regular season success over the last decade than Reed City. And so I'm interested to see, you know, I, I don't know if it's this year, but one of these years I feel like they're going to, they're going to be taking another step in the playoffs and, and with a field as open as D6 looks right now you know maybe this is uh, that year
0: What about Division 7 in high school football this fall? Uh, both the reigning Champ and the runner-up are, are back with big things
1: expected uh, Jackson Lumen Christie and City St. Francis I believe they play each other week uh, week week four I think uh, I believe that uh, week two to, I know St. Francis has somebody else. Uh, I don't want to say Edwardsburg, but I think it's somebody else uh, down southwest uh, corner of the state. So, regardless, those two are going to play tough opponents um, and, and they'll be ready for the postseason. I think, as is mostly the case, they'll be favorites. Detroit Loyola's in Division 7 again. Uh, there's always expectations there. They play up in the Detroit Catholic League and such bigger opponents, so they, they build up some nice playoff points during the, during the regular season. Uh, Millington is a team that's had a ton of success lately, uh, and, and they're down to Division Seven. Uh, if you kind of see the trend here, um, some of our top teams... Are in a one division smaller this year. That's just the way with enrollments, numbers shifted a little bit. I believe Millington is one of those that's been mostly Division 6 lately. They're down to Division 7. Um, so, you know, again, when you have St. Francis and Lumen, those are some pretty heavy favorites, but I think there might be some other teams to, to keep an eye on.
0: Uh, let's uh, look at Division 8 in high school football in the state of Michigan this fall.
1: So this is where you have a bunch of those uh, schools that move down that are generally small multiple powerhouses. Um, all of a sudden, Division 8 is just packed with them. You have the reigning champ back in Ottawa Lake Whiteford. They graduated their quarterback, Shea Ruddy, but they still have a ton coming back from last year, uh, especially on defense. Uh, Ubley has been the, the Division 8 runner-up two of the last three years uh, with a quarterback named Evan Perusti, who will be a senior this year. Uh, so they certainly have to be in the conversation. Um, but then you have Muskegon Catholic Central back in Division 8. You have Glen Lake in Division 8. Iron Mountain, Michigan Lutheran Seminary, New Lothrop's back in Division 8. Uh, Ithaca, which I, I don't think they've ever been Division 8 since I've been involved in this whole thing, which is like 25 years now. Um, they have been Division 6 champions quite a bit. They've played in Division 7 a little bit. They're down in Division 8. Uh, Reading and Flint Beecher, a couple more. Uh, that, Like I said, A lot of people know who these teams are because you see them at Ford Field in different divisions. A lot of them are in Division Eight this year, and that can make you know. Especially those last few weeks of the playoffs, that can make those really interesting.
0: Yeah, really, those names when you talk about uh, Division Seven and Eight and even Six. Uh, with Grand Rapids West Catholic moving up now to Division five. Very interesting. Uh, and beyond Division eight, uh, eight man football, a couple divisions in the state of Michigan. They play uh, their state championships, I think, in the UP. Uh, what are some of the hometowns across Michigan that could field strong teams there?
1: Yep, you're absolutely right. We finished those up at the Superior Dome uh, at Northern Michigan University. And uh, our, our champion last year in Division One was Martin. Uh, and that team had a very good senior quarterback who obviously graduated. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that program does. Um, I would imagine it will still be in the mix, but we actually have three of the four teams that played at MMU in Division One this year because the Division One runner-up, Merrill, of course, is back. And then Menden, uh, which was the Division Two runner-up last year, is in Division One this year uh, and actually returns arguably its top running back and one of the top eight player running backs in the state. Uh, so that could make that division interesting. Munising is another one of those uh, UP teams. Um, that's very good. I would have some expectations there uh, division two, uh, is, is, you know, maybe one of our more interesting stories of the whole thing. Um, powers North central won three straight division two titles, uh, brings a 37 game winning streak into the season graduated, uh, really well, they graduated their quarterback. who had been the starter for all of those, uh, graduated a lot over the last couple of years. Um, It'll be interesting to see how long that winning streak continues, who they fill in with. Obviously, when we're talking A player football, we're talking small communities, schools with uh, 215 or fewer students. Um, you know, to, to have talent year in and year out uh, can be a lot more difficult, and that's one of the places that can do it. But uh, you have a school like Adrian Lunaway Christian, which is coming off having gone undefeated for a couple of years in a row in Division One. They're in Division Two now, so that'll be interesting. Uh, some of the other usual suspects like Uh, Portland St. Patrick and Crystal Falls Forest Park and Climax Scott and Deckerville are all in that division as well. So uh, people will be coming after North Central, um, but they've got a pretty cool thing to kind of try to defend here as they move forward.
0: Wow, great information. Jeff Kimberly from the Michigan High School Athletic Association headquarters in Lansing, part of their media team previewing all 10 divisions in high school football throughout the state and the teams uh, to watch. One thing uh, that we discussed with Mark Ewell earlier in the spring with Michigan State, Penn State moving to that Friday night on Thanksgiving Day weekend, this year only, Uh, The state championships at Ford Field will be on Saturday and Sunday, and they'll wait to announce what divisions play on what days that will be later in the season. Correct, Jeff?
1: That's the plan right now. Uh, I I think the the first step in that plan is really finding out who might not be available on Sunday uh, to play. There are some schools that have it written into uh, their rules that they can't play games on Sundays. There are some other schools that can't play on Sundays, but uh, will allow an exception for something like this. And obviously this would be the kind of event that would, um, you know, be worthy of asking for that exception. So I I think we're in that information gathering phase at this point. Uh, You know, obviously the sooner, the better for most people, you know, we'd like to announce that, but we also need to make sure we're making a good decision there. So, When we're comfortable, um, you know, and it might be right up at the start of the playoff, we will be able to let people know which divisions go where. But the sooner we know who isn't an option for Sunday, probably the sooner we'll know what kind of changes we might have to make.
0: Jeff Kimberly from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow high school football all year long at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, MHSAA on Facebook, and you can watch live and on-demand boys and girls sports uh, all year long, all sports at MHSAA.tv. Uh, and is there still a need for officials uh, in all sports across Michigan? What's the latest on that, Jeff?
1: You know, absolutely. And, and we don't have our, our final numbers in yet. And actually, Mark and the rest of our, uh, all of our officiating department are on their way back from a national officiating conference today. Um, you know, a big part of officiating, not just in Michigan, but nationally right now uh, is not just recruiting new officials, but retaining the officials we have. Uh, we had about a 20% loss in, in, in our ranks. Uh, For COVID, during COVID, um, obviously people wanting to, especially some of our older officials, uh, looking to keep themselves in safer situations, which totally makes sense. Uh, We had a few percent bounce back last year, and I think we feel like we could get another few percent bounce back this year. You know, registration will be completed here soon, um, and and we'll have a better idea. But uh, certainly, we are looking for people, uh, we are looking to keep the people we have, we're at a place right now where games are, are for the most part covered. Um, they may not have as many officials on them as we would like. They might have two instead of three or one baseball empire instead of two. Uh, but at least we're, we're playing our games, but we're one big rain out away from having a really tough time. Uh, one big Friday night thunderstorm across the state where all of a sudden our officials who also do college football on Saturdays, uh, are unavailable and we have to figure out how to get all these football games in. You can't just reschedule a bunch of football games because you can only play one a week. Um, You know, and and part of this is, again, keeping our younger officials or our people who are early uh, in their their officiating careers, keeping them involved. Um, We're doing something now where we're really hoping to uh, attract people whose children have just finished playing sports, people who have been in sports, uh, you know, for a decade or more, and, and want to stay involved somehow, we would love to have them come out and officiate. So, we're trying to think of ways to, to do things, try and figure out ways to, to improve sportsmanship and, and, and make these people's jobs a little bit more, uh, a little bit more comfortable. Um, and and for, we're all of those things are, are on the board as we go into a new year.
0: If you are interested in becoming an MHSAA-registered official, the process of becoming one is an easy uh, step-by-step situation that can be done quickly. Go to MHSAA.com, click on Officials. That's MHSAA.com, and click on Officials. Hard to believe, three weeks from tomorrow, uh, high school football will begin across the state of Michigan, and the high school dead week is in play right now in football programs all across the state. Uh, We'll begin practice coming up on Monday. First game, as I mentioned, uh, three weeks from tomorrow, and then you'll get uh, into the postseason playoffs through the finals at Ford Field that will be on Saturday and Sunday this year only. It's a one-time thing as the Ohio State-Michigan game will move up because of the expansion of the college football playoffs in 2024. So this year, playing on Saturday and Sunday at Ford Field on Thanksgiving weekend, Michigan State-Penn State will be that Friday night game on NBC and Peacock. All this info and more. You want to be an official, uh, you're a young man or woman, you're retired, whatever it is. Uh, ladies, uh, men, go to MHSAA.com and just click on Officials. Jeff Kimberly, thank you. Really good stuff today on the HUGE show across Michigan. Hey, my pleasure, and you guys have fun over there.